everyone. Welcome to our Nordea Markets Insights podcast with me, Terry Baines. Today, I'm very lucky to have members of the Nordea Research Macro team with me to talk about a topic that's been in the headlines quite a bit lately, negative interest rates. We have our analysts, Torbjörn Isaksen and Inge Klave, joining us on the line from Sweden, as well as Jan Stöp Nielsen in Denmark. These three have just taken a deep dive into the issue in their latest Nordea Research report, which raises the question, are central banks going to give up on negative rates? So let's jump right in and start with you, Inge. Um, if we take the big global picture to start with, uh, what is the story behind negative interest rates? How did we end up with them? And what are the potential negative side effects from them? Yeah. So how do we end up here? Um, in response to the financial crisis, several central banks already cut their policy rates to levels very close to zero. And um, in the years that followed, the need for further stimulus broadly remained as there was still low economic growth and the slow recovery and low inflation. And at that point, there was little room for the central banks to cut rates further uh, above zero. And so they cut the policy rates to uh, negative levels. These were the central banks of the euro area, Switzerland, Denmark, Sweden and Japan, which we discuss in the report. Um, Often this was also accompanied by other unconventional measures, such as quantitative easing and forward guidance. And at first, the negative rates were perhaps expected to be more of temporary measures. And therefore, they did not receive too much attention. But right now, the prospect of low for longer has triggered more of a debate about the side effects of the negative rates in several countries. And uh, just to name a few of these side effects, that we also discussed in the report. Firstly, um, bank profitability may deteriorate as a result because they might be hesitant to pass on negative rates that they are charged on their deposits um, to their customers, which squeezes their margins and this could lead to less lending and damage the economy. Also, there could be an adverse effect on savings if people perceive the current environment as very uncertain and see that they don't get a good return on their savings, they might actually save more instead of spend more. And also, lastly, the pension funds in some countries have flagged that they are struggling to provide the required return to their investments as they are forced to keep a share of their assets in safe bonds, which have a negative yield right now. Um, not all of this can be fully attributed to just negative policy rates. We have low interest rates for many reasons right now, but it's it definitely matters. And some of these effects might eventually outweigh the benefits of the negative rates policy, which is something many central banks are watching closely right now. Okay, so when it comes to negative rates, um, what are the main conclusions that uh, that you draw in the report? I'll address this one to you, Tobion. Well, an important conclusion in our report is that there is a transition process towards increased flexibility and also to some extent strict, uh, less strict focus on, on inflation and also reduce propensity to use negative policy rates. Uh, and also increased concerns as Inge described uh, regarding uh, kind of adverse effects on, on, on the economy and the financial system. But it is a gradual change and it differs between countries and regions. And, and uh, as we see, it much suggests that uh, we will see policy rates below zero for some time yet. Okay. 
Um, in the report, you guys mentioned that um, the Nordic region, with the exception of Norway, has been at the, the forefront of this negative rates regime and that the region can be used as a case study on negative rates. Um, if we zoom in on the situation in Denmark, Denmark has been a front runner in setting negative interest rates. Um, why and what are the implications of that? Yeah, I guess we are close to, to world champions in, in negative rates together with Switzerland. We were one of the very first countries already back in 2012 to actually lower uh, the policy rate below zero. And now we have a policy rate of minus 0.75%. Uh, percent that's also uh, a world record together with Switzerland. So we have here in Denmark definitely been the very front of this ex great experience with negative uh, interest rates. And the reason for having this very negative interest rates in Denmark is actually that we have the fixed exchange regime. The Danish krona is fixed towards the euro, which means that the Danish central bank, they they follow the monetary policy from the ECB. So when the ECB lower their interest rates, the Danish central bank has to follow in order to to keep the fixed exchange regime intact. Uh, but in addition to this, we have in Denmark a very uh, sound um, balances, especially the current account balance. We have a surplus of more than 8% of GDP. Uh, and that means that uh, there's a lot of capital inflow to the Danish economy. And in order to avoid this capital inflow to strengthening the Danish corona, we need a, a policy rate that is even below the ECB in order you know, to, to keep the fixed exchange regime. So both due to the ECB and due to this uh, strong balances uh, in the economy, we, we need to have this very, very low uh, interest rates um, that are close to world record. Okay. And uh, contrary to Denmark, the, the Swedish Riksbank is moving away from negative interest rates. Um, Tobion, why? Doesn't the Swedish economy need lower interest rates now with the cooling of the economy? Yes, uh, first of all, it's not a done deal that the Riksbank will hike rates in this uh, later here in December, but but much su suggests it will do. Yes, indeed, the economic economic developments uh, rather point to lower uh, rather than higher policy rates. And uh, given the economic trends that we see now uh, with sluggish GDP growth uh, and, and modest domestic cost pressure, it's difficult to see that inflation or growth will be too high in the future, future if the repo rate is left unchanged. And this kind of reinforced the view that Riksbank is about to lift rates for other reasons than, than normally is the case. And uh, the Riksbank is not uh, crystal clear about why they have made this uh, turnaround, but for a long time they have been concerned about housing market, about uh, household debt uh, getting too high and so forth. But that is mainly the responsibility for the Swedish FSA and, and does not explain the Riksbank's turnaround. Uh, but, but for the first time, uh, the, the Riksbank says that there is also uh, maybe other problems uh, related to very low rates for, for a long uh, period of time. And uh, this is new and, and seems to be an important reason to why Riksbank is moving away from negative rates. Unusually clear signals about the rate hike in December. Um, Inge, looking forward, what should we expect from the ECB? Do you think they, are also, uh, they will also give up on negative rates? Um, no, actually, we don't think that uh, the ECB will give up on negative rates. And uh, in our forecast, we now have another easing package from the ECB in March, which we think will be similar to the one that we already got in September. So another small rate cut and also extra QE. 
And um, but there is quite tough criticism in the euro area on the ECB's policies, most notably from the, from the banks and uh, Dutch pension funds and German savers. And also lately, there has has been more communication about side effects from the ECB itself. So late, recently, Vice President de Guindos has mentioned his increased awareness of disadvantages of negative rates several times. And also the topic has had a quite prominent role in the latest financial stability review, as negative rates are often linked to financial stability concerns. Um, but the assessment that the ECB still seems to be that the benefits outweigh the costs. And uh, the question is whether a majority in the governing council will continue believing in the effectiveness of the negative rates policy. A shift in attitudes concerning side effects is, is definitely posing a risk to our forecast for more easing. As Torbjörn just explained and the Riksbank showed, um, concerns about negative rates could be a reason for a turnaround in policy without a real backing by an improved economic outlook. So uh, all in all, the, the debate does make that the bar for further easing is higher, but we argue that it would really take a, a big turnaround to go to positive policy rates again at the ECB. Uh, Jan, if, if Finger is right that we will see another interest rate cut from um, the ECB in March next year, what will the implications be for the Danish central bank? Uh, when, do you, when do you think Denmark will have to get out of the negative rates regime? Well, the, the, the first part is definitely the easiest one, because if the ECB cuts their interest rates uh, by 10 basis points in March, I think it's likely that the Danish central bank will follow. Uh, however, the Danish krona is a bit weak on the weak side uh, at the moment versus the euro, so that could might uh, uh, be the case for them not to follow. But on the other hand, we think this is a temporary thing. We think that once we get into 2020, we think the Danish krona will start to strengthening again. And that means that if the ECB uh, cuts interest rates in March, then the Danish central bank will have to, to follow the ECB. Um, so, so that was the easy, easy uh, part of the question. Uh, the very difficult part is when Denmark will get out of negative interest rates. And to be honest, I think it's going to be a very, very long period with negative interest rates. Um, it requires two things for Denmark to get out of negative interest rates. First of all, the ECB has to uh, get into positive territory. Uh, and at least at, according to uh, market expectations, that will not happen before uh, 2024, 25 maybe. Uh, and then we still have the policy rate below the ECB, so that means that it will probably take another maybe uh, two years for Denmark to uh, to get into positive territory. So we are, yeah, we are definitely in for a very very long period of uh, of this negative interest rate regime. Uh, and we don't have, like Torbjörn explained in Sweden, we don't have the same discussion about negative interest rates in Denmark. Uh, for us, it's it's very much a, a condition that we have to live with, and then we have to. Uh, uh, to maintain the economy and financial stability with other measures, uh, but we cannot do anything about the negative interest rates. Okay. And uh, going back to Sweden now with, with a utopian, what if a big downturn hits the Swedish economy next year? Do you think that could force the Riksbank to yet again introduce negative interest rates? Or will they choose other instruments to stimulate the domestic economy? Well, I, uh, for, I think that uh, the, the policy rate, uh, lowering the policy rate would be the first measure that it would take. And it 
can't be ruled out that they cut rates again uh, late 2020 if inflation and growth disappoints. Uh, but the, the threshold to to, uh, to cut rates is probably quite high, given the, given the fact that um, uh, given the, the, the turnaround that the Riksbank has done this autumn, and then, then that they are now about to lift rates to zero, and. Um, Problem is also the other measures are unlikely too. Uh, the the uh, toolbox is actually getting empty. So I think that a theme would be if there will be a kind of need for more stimulus measures, I think that many will instead call for fiscal policy to, to do the job to stabilize inflation and the business side. Now, I think I'd like to do a quick round with a question for all of you. 10 years from now, how do you think we will look at negative interest rates? Will it be a temporary phenomenon with many unwanted side effects or something seen as perfectly normal? Inga, do you want to start? Yeah, so um, I think that it will still be a feature of monetary policy then. Downturns are likely to happen again and central banks will not have room to remain, to go to positive territory in the current low interest rate environment. Yeah, I, uh, Turbin here, I agree. Uh, basically, I think that negative rates will probably be present also in 10 years' time, but perhaps to a lesser extent than today. Yeah, and then uh, for Denmark, I think or actually there's a clear risk that in 10 years' time we will still have negative policy rates in Denmark. So we won't even have experienced positive rates. Uh, but yeah, I guess we will also uh, more and more see this as a, as a normal thing. But again, also as Torbjörn mentioned, uh, I think fiscal policy also will start to play a more important role in order to stimulate the economy going forward. Great. Well, thank you all. It's been fascinating to hear your thoughts on negative rates and where they're headed. Uh, you can find the full report on the Nordea research site, emarkets.nordea.com. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.